This is Jeff Cross and welcome to the July 15, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Today I'm going to solve the political situation in the United States, but first I want to circle back to something I said on Monday, where I apologized on behalf of the United States for contributing to the Ukrainian war due to actions by the mainstream media, Hillary Clinton, and her minions, and some jerks in our government. In my view, the Russian collusion hoax prevented the kind of relationship with Putin that may have had a positive impact and minimized the chances of Russia invading Ukraine. I'm not backing off that, but I should have mentioned that the Europeans need to step up as well on the apology tour. Their long-term plan of shutting down nuclear power plants and relying on Russia for natural gas made Europe reliant on Russia and contributed to Putin's calculus that he could have his way with Ukraine. European leaders should apologize, and if they want, I will do it for them. Were, Europe, were European decisions influenced by Swedish activist Greta Thunberg? Seems it. I know Swedish high schools are better than schools in the United States, but still, shouldn't we shoot a little higher for advice on how to run our countries? I'm not kidding. I had already decided on today's podcast, and this was the start. We run our government like two five-year-old kids bowling. Not the weenie way kids bowl now with gutter guards, but the way we bowled when I started. Those gutters were active. The first kid gets up and throws a couple of gutter balls in the left gutter. The second kid gets up and he airs on the right and tosses two in the right gutter. Back and forth. Bunch of gutter balls. The pins are mostly safe. Occasionally one of the kids slips, gets lucky, and knocks down a few pins. Sounds crazy. But isn't that our political process? Republicans get in. Let's toss some gutter balls on the right. Democrats get in. Let's toss some gutter balls on the left. Every now and then they do something together, and unfortunately, some of those are gutter balls. We can complain and blame our politicians, but is it their fault? Would a reasonable adult politician who thinks about issues and tells us their views on issues make it through the nominating process for either party? No. Their positions would be manipulated in attack ads, and their positions would not be favored by the few who vote in the primaries. To some extent, the problem is us. Us. Seriously. The process also, but we play a major part in the process. Former Republican Missouri Senator John Danforth proposed a solution. He started a super PAC, contributed $5 million, and hopes to raise $20 million to encourage the election of an independent in Missouri. His thinking seems to be that our parties are way too polarized and we need to elect more moderates. He hopes if we elect an independent in Missouri, it might have ramifications in other states and be an even bigger thing. Before I get into his proposal, I want to linger on a topic that affects our political discourse. I don't know whether to label this topic, my shit don't stinkism, or I only smell farts made by my enemies. Let me give you an example. I had not seen the Link John Danforth ad on this issue, but heard two different people at a party describe it to me. One characterized it as an ad that said, we need to avoid the hard left and the hard right. And in the Missouri Senate election, former Senator Danforth encouraged all to vote for the independent. Another person mentioned the same ad to me and said, Senator Danforth encouraged Republicans to support the independent candidate and not vote for the hard right. 
This is a very smart, reasonable person who, yes, is a liberal. It was interesting that he heard the ad as directed at Republicans. When challenged, nicely, he commented that the ad never mentioned Democrats. True enough, it did not. A lady in the gathering asked if Danforth ever mentioned Republicans. That seemed to be an area of amical disagreement, and we all agreed to look at the ad later. When I got home, I listened to the ad, and I heard Mr. Danforth start by saying, I am a Republican, but after that, in his urging for folks to vote for the independent candidate, he did not say Republicans should do so. I think it is clear he urged all to do so. I found it fascinating that this smart, reasonable person heard half of the message. I absolutely am not sharing this to make that unnamed person look bad. We all do that. We hear the news through our filter, and filters are good. Not perfect, but good. Without filters, without some generalizations, we would not be able to go throughout the day. Still, that is how most of our political discussions go. I get so tired of is to, is not arguments. Let's read what the hell is is, and then argue if the is is a good idea or not. Mr. Danforth makes a lot of good points about how we are too polarized, etc. I had already planned that being the focus on today's podcast with a specific plan to minimize hard right and hard left candidates in the Congress. Surprise, surprise, I think my plan is better than the former Senator Danforth's plan. I know independents are appealing to many people, but from a workability standpoint, I think electing independents usually falls short of expectations. First of all, are they really independents? Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Angus King from Maine are titled independent, but caucus with the Democrats, and that makes them part of the party. Without those two in the caucus, Chuck Schumer would not be the Senate Majority Leader. It would be Republican Mitch McConnell. Also, in the U.S., I don't think independents are a third-party work. Our system is structurally different than in other countries. They often have a proportional system where the number of seats is proportioned with some percent of the vote. In the U.S., it is all or nothing. Vote for a third-party candidate if you want. It is your right, but it just weakens the party most closely aligned with that third party. Further, I would like the parties to elect more moderates, but do wonder if one party doing that on their own is not actually a form of unilateral disarmament. If Republicans suddenly had 20 moderates out of their 50 in the Senate, then Democrats could patch much of their liberal agenda if they compromised only a little. Or, Demo or if Democrats had 20 moderates, then Republicans could pass much of their conservative agenda if they compromised just a bit. In the Senate, how do we get both parties to have 20 moderate Republicans and 20 moderate Democrats, or 40 of more of each in the House? I think, we were, I think we were more like that back when parties picked their candidates in smoke-filled rooms, before we improved the nominating process by going to the primary system and making it more democratic. How'd that work out? One thing I have often done is to encourage all to vote in primaries. That is when the general election candidates are selected. If you don't like the general election candidates, then the mistakes are being made in the primaries. And it is not fair to complain about the primary voters. They are voting for who they want. I have an alternative. Let's get a group that is like a third party, but offers no candidates of their own. By definition and charter, it runs as a bipartisan group. No favoritism to Republicans or Democrats. 
The goal is to elect more moderates. They avoid races closely contested between Democrats and Republicans. They focus on races that are easy wins for Democrats and easy wins for Republicans. I'm thinking 100 races of the 545, 40 House seats for each party, and 10 Senate seats for each party. Maybe call the group the Moderate 100. The group actively recruits and supports moderate candidates for the primaries. Money, ads, anything else that is legal and helpful. The mission is to get moderates elected from states that might otherwise send some crazies to Congress. I'm thinking we would get three benefits. One, actually elect moderates. Or maybe hard right or hard left, but at least not crazy. Two, some of the non-moderates running in a primary against a moderate might moderate their positions because it tactically makes sense. It also might match their views, but they felt they had to say crazy things to get elected. Three, candidates might moderate their views in general to keep from being targeted by the moderate 100. Would the moderate 100 work? I think this is where I'm supposed to be humble and say maybe not, but I think this is a winning idea. And I'm an idea guy. I'm not into execution. I need someone out there to pick up this idea and run with it. Just mention me once in a while. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.